Okay, why don't you say hello to someone next to you. There is an empty two rows in the middle. Back row, Bert, I know you're keen. <laughs> if you want to move a bit closer, turn someone next to you, say hi. Compliment them on a feature of their face. Tell them they have good eyes, a nose. Max, can you turn me up a little bit? Or else I feel like I'm going to yell a lot today. Thank you very much. The louder it goes, the quieter I'll be, I promise. <laughs> okay. Well, it's good to be home. Uh, I was in Estonia. Took Did you enjoy Pastor K coming? Yeah? Yeah? Did it scare anyone or is everyone good? Everyone, everyone happy? Everyone calm? <laughs> anyone? Did you see Sue when he yelled? Uh, Sue's not here. I they're in the hospital. He yelled. She, oh, hey, Sue. How you doing? I when, the, when Kay said a point really loud, it made you jump, didn't it? That was so funny. That really made me laugh. And uh, I took Kay to Estonia and uh, we spoke at the Pentecostal summer camp they have there. Ruth and Janet were actually with us. And... Um, so we had a great time there. Kay led these evenings, and Estonia can be quite reserved as a place and um, sometimes needs a bit of pushing. And Kay just somehow had a grace upon him, and the people would run forward for him. They, he saw so many people healed. Um, a man who couldn't jump for 20 years started jumping in the name of Jesus. Uh, people started hearing who couldn't hear properly, and all these kind of amazing things were happening. Uh, he even got to a point when, when he was praying for people, if you got close to him, you burst out laughing. Yeah, it was quite, uh, this is, I'm not exaggerating, this is exactly why I was there, I'm quite realistic about these things. He started praying and then the five people around the person would just burst out laughing and roll on the floor and, and it was just an amazing anointing upon him to see uh, weird things of the Lord. Um, but he likes doing that, he likes seeing the weird things of the Lord, but I, I enjoyed being there. And, uh, and then I took him to, well, he took me, I guess, to Nigeria and Emily joined us. Um, so we've been pretty much on the road for two weeks straight and, well, I have, and, um, been almost preaching every day, um, but it's been a blessing. Nigeria is overwhelming. Uh, it is intense. Uh, there's, there's extreme poverty, but there's also very extreme wealth. Uh, they actually have a place called Banana Island where really, really rich people live, and they have a compound for their house with multiple houses on it. And then you have extreme poverty with people living onto the, onto the sea, trying to build their house on stilts. And, uh, it's very extreme, um, but their hunger for the Lord is, is very extreme. Um, their desperation for miracles is also very extreme because their healthcare actually is not as good. So they actually turn up to church a lot more hungry for a miracle because they, they 100% need it. And I think some of sometimes we're so comfortable here. Um, but it blessed me greatly. I preached a, a bunch of times and uh, I just thought I'd share with you some videos. Um, because I can talk about it, but there's something about seeing the passion and the hunger that they have for the Lord. And I, I want to let you know, though. Uh, these people really do mean this. They have a stamina for the Lord, which I honestly think we need to learn. I'm just going to say it really flatly. We need to learn. They have a stamina and a hunger for the Lord that we do not get. And we, I think we want things too easy here. Probably because we're used to com comfort and ease. We're used to luxury. When I went to, we landed on Friday and I preached on Saturday morning at the next conference. There was about 1,500 people there. It's a sort of a young adults kind of conference talking about trying to raise leaders for the generation. I want to let you know the conference lasted for nine hours. In fact, probably 10. 
Hey guys, come back in from the hospital. Give them a round of applause for serving this morning. All in black, uniform. Well done, guys. We appreciate you stepping out this morning and serving people in the hospital. Well done. Very proud of you. We're proud of them. Some of you else were there this morning, weren't you? Viviana, were you there this morning? Well done, guys. And Jane, well done. Appreciate you guys going. And Sue, oh, sorry, Sue, I did, I, I, yep, cool, got ya. Anyone else? <laughs> Saturday, I preached at the next conference. Nine hours, probably actually close to 10. We probably left, we arrived at about nine and we left at seven. But I want to let you know, they had a 25 minute break the whole day. Some people actually arrived at 6.30 in the morning to make sure they had a seat near the front because the building really wasn't big enough to hold all the people. And actually, some of them didn't eat all day because there wasn't time. Not only that, not only were we there for that long, but actually one of the house rules that they had was you're not allowed to eat in the auditorium. So if you wanted to eat, you had to somehow get out, but you weren't allowed to move during the message. And I, do, I mean don't move. I mean don't go to the toilet. I mean don't eat. They, you, you, they, they just say, we honor the word of God, and so we're here, and you're going to listen. Their stamina for it was, I, me and Emily were like, all right, let's do it. We can do this. Now, and we're guests. I can ask to leave at any time, and I'm allowed to. But even we were like, no, we want to stay. We want to see if we can do this as well. On the last night where Kay preached his last time in Nigeria, we actually end up standing for two hours in the meeting. Because he was preaching, and in Nigeria, you stand to welcome the preacher. We'll get good at that at some point. And, uh, and then you have to be released to sit down out of honor for him. And he didn't release us to sit down for the whole meeting. And he preached at us for two hours. And, um, but I tell you, I tell you, I tell you seriously, their level of glory that they experience in worship is phenomenal. The level of miracles that they are seeing are, is just incredible. The passion and desire they have for the Lord is contagious, and it's not fake. It is very real, and it's not just those on the front row. It filters all the way to the back, and they are desperate and hungry to see God move in their land. And you think, oh, it's probably always been like that because it's an African culture. You'd be wrong. In fact, a generation before, there weren't mega churches in Nigeria. In fact, a generation before, they didn't have anything like this in the move of God. But what they did is they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And a generation prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And they saw an outbreak of the Spirit of God and revival hit Nigeria to a point where there's now a church there that has a million people. But you would think they're like that because of their, their culture and their nation. No, 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 no. They are like that because of the culture of heaven. They are like that because they've spent so much time being close to Jesus that when they turn up to church, they cannot help but express their love and their praise for him. So guys, do not get arrogant. Do not think we are above and it's just because it's our nation. We know we're a bit more civilized. No, do not. The kingdom of heaven is what we need. So let me show you some videos. Do we have them ready? I filmed them on my phone. They're bad quality. Thank you, tech team, for doing your best and making them look cool. I want to show you some videos of some of their worship so that you can see for yourself what this is like. And this is not fake. This is not hype. This is extremely real. And it doesn't take a lot for them to get like this. So should we show one video? Do we need to turn out the lights or anything? Do you want to turn out the lights? Are we? And these ones? <laughs> They're down here, Sarah. Hey, go on, Sarah. Thank you very much. Is that any better? Okay, this one, by the way, the woman had just said, in worship, give me a shout of praise. That's all she said. 
Did you enjoy that? Did you see it? Can you see it? And show them another one. Excellent, thank you. And then we have one more. Should we show them this one? This one was at the university we preached at, and worship just broke out at the end. just hope that gives you some understanding or perspective try and see it for yourself um, just to see the passion in which they have and I and I, I really want it for our nation um, there is they have an extreme hunger for the Lord and I think um, maybe we can get caught out and thinking that being too extreme in anything is bad but actually being too extreme in the Lord is necessary and I think we often think that let's, we can be really loving of Jesus, but let, you, know, you can't be too out there, too different. But actually, guys, I've got to tell you, I think we have to be. I really do. If we really want to see stains changed properly, that actually that in England there's churches of millions. I say that, and I'm not even exaggerating. They have a church of a million people there. So it could be here. Why not? In fact, there's 500,000 people that live in the TW postcode. Why not half a million people in a church? In fact, why just not even 10,000? You'd be great to see that in England. I think we have to decide as a people, we're just going to be extreme for it. And we're going to live and die for it. And that's what I want. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. Please, God, move amongst us today. Stir something in us. I pray in the mighty name of God, would you fall upon us? Would you please not let us settle, not let us get so comfortable, stop letting us want to get out as quickly as we can or wanting it easy. Lord God, I pray, Holy Spirit, move in us today that your spirit might be upon us. That we might see this town changed. That we might see our friends and family in the kingdom that we might have a church of thousands of people, that we might see healing, that we might see the sick heal. God, I pray it. Holy Spirit, move amongst us today. Open up our hearts. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Please help us to have a reverence and a respect for that. Please, Jesus, help us to not just think that you are part of our life, but you are our life. You are literally the source of it. I, was not just doing un I wasn't just doing badly without you. I was dead without you. I may not have known it, but I was. God, help us. Kill fear of man in our spirits. 
that we might be okay to be extreme for Jesus, that we might be okay to be seen as a bit weird for Jesus, as you might have some people say some weird things to you about the fact that you believe in Jesus. I pray, God, give us a uh, a fear of the Lord over fear of man. Holy Spirit, be with us in this meeting. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So as we are, we're in a nine-hour meeting in Nigeria. No, I'm joking, I won't. Although my time is going already, I haven't even started my message, so I do, we may go on a little bit longer today, but um, I'm sure you're cool with that. If not, okay. Uh, so we have been, you remember the series Revealing the Saints? Of course you do. It was really exciting for you. You all got really impacted by the Lord, so of course you remember it, amen. And you've all read the book. Hundreds of times, Jack. Yeah. More than the Bible. (laughs) Um, Me and Emily wrote a book at the start of the year, Revealing the Saints, as a vision and our guide of what we are going to do this year. Have you read it? Yeah, some of it. Yeah, I like the honesty, people. If you don't, don't worry about it. Because the book is still available and it's free. And not only that, but I'm going to try my best this week to record it as an audio so you can listen to it as a podcast instead. Because I'm that generous with my time for you. (laughs) okay all right (laughs) that's this is it you're there we're there one prayer and that's all it took i love how i pray for the salvation of stains and we all go "Mm, yes and then podcast yeah i can listen to it a bit easier So that book has been actually helping us plan our year this year. We have done series around the book. What series have you enjoyed this year? Marching in, Sam. Is that because you preached at it? To be fair, I have to say, I have to say that was one of my favorites this year. I think there was a power there. We sung Raise a Hallelujah, and there was a presence on that, that, that series. What else? What other series do you remember? Homesick for Heaven, nice, the last one, that's good, good memory. No, no, it's, that was a good series, that was a very good series. Family Flag, thank you very much, enjoyed that one. Anybody else? The Eden one, yeah, that's it. That's what it was called, Eden Education, Studying of Genesis, appreciate that. They've all been around the book in some way, shape, or form. We have been trying to, to use the vision of the book to try and help dictate what we've been teaching so that actually you would become stronger as a saint of God. We've also done wisdom nights, which Emily has talked about already, and we've done some prayer nights. Did you enjoy the prayer nights? Have you been coming? Please, if you haven't, please come and get involved in prayer. It's not as easy. It's not as comfortable. You have to just come and dig in deep. So we've been doing that, and we've been doing all kinds of things to help strengthen you as a saint of God. Do you feel stronger as a saint? Do you feel more secure as a saint? Can you give me an amen if you do? If you don't, that's all right. That's all right. We've still got five months left of the year. We've been trying to strengthen you. I want a church that is secure in their faith and their expression of their love for Jesus Christ. I want our church to be strong in the faith. I don't want our church to be knocked by bad times and that's it. We're disaster. We're only good when it's good. I want strong saints. I want strong saints that face persecution and don't mind it, but actually will embrace it and give thanks to God during suffering. I want saints that know how to pray for a long time for the people around them. I want saints who are strong in the Lord. But I want to say to you today, strength in the kingdom comes through weakness. 
Remember, do you remember I, I spoke about this? Hopefully you remember. Strength in the kingdom comes through our weakness and our brokenness. Church, I do not want a church that is about people that just go, as long as we just grit our teeth and put our effort in, we're going to see a change in the, in the land. I want to tell you, that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. You must become weaker for him to become stronger. Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 9, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because in my weakness, his grace is sufficient, his power is made perfect. It's in my weakness, my brokenness, that actually God can shine through. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to get weaker. Less of me, John says in John 3, less of me, more of him. So to get stronger in the kingdom, you need only Christ can really be strong in the kingdom. So I need more of Christ to be a stronger saint in the Lord. Now, please hear me on this. Please hear me on this. I don't know if we're doing great at that. Oh, that got quiet, didn't it? I'm not sure we're doing great. I, th- I still see in our lives, I'm speaking as a father of the house, as a pastor here, I see in our lives, I still see struggle and striving and stress amongst us. If I'm honest, I think it's something that plagues our nation, and I think we probably got used to it. We just got used to the temperature of our nation. Every time I seem to chat to some of my unbelieving friends, they're always like, I'm just busy. Stressful. Life's busy. Stressful. And, and, and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to belittle your problems. Please don't hear me. The things I know you're going through are very real, very painful. And actually, there are very real things. There's a long to-do list. There's lots of people to care for. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to belittle. But what I'm trying to give you is a clue of how to overcome that. So that you can go through the storm while taking a nap, as Pastor Kay said. I see us being disciples. Storms are coming. We're trying to grab the ropes. We're trying to set the sails. We're trying to control life itself. And I want to let you know, please, church, we need to let go of stress and striving and worry and say, God, I give all anxiety and I cast it onto you. We must get weaker. I must, we must get to a place where we say, God, I actually can't do it. I actually can't control my, I actually can't change my kids. I actually can't fix my partner. I actually can't make the business go the direction I want it to. I actually can't make my fame the place I want it to be. I actually can't do it. God, you know, I'm just going to give it all to you instead. I must get weaker because as you get weaker, God's strength is able to fill you up even more. If you put your strength in it, then you squeeze God out. And it's not about you putting in more discipline and more hours. It's not about you getting up earlier to pray, although you may have to to get weaker. But it's not about you getting up to thinking that your fasting and your praying is actually changing things. No, it's changing you. Do you realize we do prayer nights and wisdom nights to get you weaker? That's what we've been doing. All our teaching is to try and get you to understand that you need Jesus. In this nation, we've got to a place where we don't think we need him as much. Because let's be honest, our healthcare system is good. We've got plenty of money. Everyone's pretty happy and civilized. There's some people, obviously, but, you know, generally we're doing all right as a nation. And we start to think, actually, we did this. No, we didn't. Revival hit England so many times. Why do you think we are benefiting from a civilized land? Because the teachings of Jesus built our laws. How many times has revival hit England? In fact, you'll notice where revival hits, then comes good organization and structure of governments. I could go all day on that one. I could just list every country. And actually, the countries that really need it are the countries that are having revival right now. 
China, communist China. Where's the fastest growing church? In China. We cannot fix it by man. We cannot do this by man. We need the power of God. Do you believe me yet? And you need it for your life. Stop trying to do it by yourself. I love it because we get saved in a place of weakness. Oh God, I need you to save me to take my sin because we get that bit. But yet then we live the Christian life under our own strength. If you've got saved by grace, why are you living by works? I love it. It just blows my mind. As believers, we know that we can't get to heaven. But then we get saved and we think, oh, that's it. God's done his bit. No. God has only started his bit. Your testimony doesn't end when you got saved. Your testimony begins when you got saved. I love it. I hear people's testimonies and they just lead up to their life and then God saved them. And I'm like, now what? That was when you were dead. You're now alive. What are you going to do? Your testimony is still going. But it's got to be the strength of God in us. We must get weaker. God, less of me. That's why I have to lay down in worship sometimes. To remind myself, God, it's not about me. I just got to get weaker. Trust me, when you preach, when I've preached almost every day for the past two weeks, after a while you start to run out of sermons. But I don't mind. And I'm standing on stages with people I think they should probably be preaching because they seem to be way more passionate and hungry for God than I am. And I'm standing on stages with people that have church of tens of thousands. I honestly stood there so many times thinking, why am I here? But the truth is, that's arrogant. Do you understand? You understand? Standing in your weaknesses, let me, I stood there thinking, why am I here? That's arrogant because I'm there by the grace of God. And even, even if I was strong enough to be there, I'm still there by the grace of God. You understand? Did, did I make that point? That didn't really, did that come across? Because I made it about me. As soon as you make it about you, that's, that's the arrogance, that's the pride. It's about God. I can stand on any stage because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the grace of God. So it doesn't matter if I've had loads of time to prepare or I've had no time to prepare because I don't stand in Liam's preparation. I stand under the grace of God. So it doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter how many people turn up. I'll stand there under the grace of God and then I can preach. Trust me, we must do this thing by the power of God. Because there are definitely some things in the kingdom that you definitely can't do. The supernatural side of God, you can't manufacture. You cannot grin and bear it enough to actually make it happen. You can't work as hard as you can to heal someone of cancer. Only the power of God can do it. And trust me, if you try and live your life controlled by your strength and by your own ability, the supernatural things of God will freak you out. They'll freak you out because they showed to you that you're actually controlling everything. And then when you see something that you cannot control, that freaks us out. Which is why Pastor K often freaks a lot of people out. It's because he's living his life free. And it's a challenge to us who are controlling. Oh, this is really deep and challenging today, isn't it? I'm sorry. I hope this is helping you. Please, I'm saying this because I know it's going to set you free. And you're actually going to be able to live life a lot faster and a lot more free than you ever have before if you'd let go. But what I'm noticing is there are things in the kingdom that are so beyond us. But if we live our life based on our own strength, we, we push those things away because we understand that I can't do anything about it. I was in Nigeria and I was preaching um, at the conference at the end of the day. So it's probably like six o'clock now. And we've been standing for a long time. It's been going for like eight hours. And then they stand up and say, all the, the ministers today, all the speakers, they're going to go lay hands on everyone. 
which in Nigeria means I'm going to be going for another hour at least. And then I decide I'm going to go to the balcony because I, I see the balcony and no one's going up there. And so I decide I'm going to, you know, go up to the balcony and get the guys who, you know, didn't make it early enough to sit at the front. So I thought I'd bless them. And I went up there, started praying for people, laying hands on people. And, and God's moving and people are falling over, people crying. There's all kinds of things happening. And then I go to touch one girl and I go to touch her and she freaks out. Looks at me and is freaked out. I've never seen fear on somebody before. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's freaking out. And she, she can barely, she's shaking and she's staring at me like, like I'm, it's just, so, she's so terrified. And I go to touch her, to lay hands on her. And she runs as fast as she can the opposite direction. And they've got plastic chairs uh, on the balcony. So she, and she runs through them all, knocking them. And she creates this path of tight, like the splits the sea of, of the chairs. As she runs through them, knocking them all out of the way. And she is petrified of me. And then I'm like, okay, I'll leave her to be with God. That's fine. I'll just carry on praying. I carry on praying. And her friends physically drag her to me. And they drag her to me and they're holding. And she's like, don't, she's like completely freaking out. Like somehow I'm this evil person. And obviously I'm sure you're figuring out, but it was a demonic person, demonic presence in the person. And so she came towards me and I just said, just, just let go, let go. And she's standing there and I just touched her, just touched her, just touched her, just touched her. That's it. Touched her. And that's it. She manifested this demon. She was rolling around the floor, screaming out, all kinds of crazy things happening. Cast the demon out. And then I left her for a bit. She's lying there, praying for some other people. She gets back up, and then she can touch me. Why am I telling you the story? Could I have done that in my own strength? What, what, like, if it was just Liam, can I take a course on that? It, to be fair, if, if I tried to do it as a human, I'd have had to go to psychology school, get a degree, get a doctorate, study, be in a placement for a long time, do all the hours you need to do to become a psychologist. And I'd have to sit down with that girl and really try and dig in all the things. And even then, I wouldn't have changed anything because it's a spiritual problem, not an emotional problem. You have to get to that place, but God could only use me in that moment because I've said to God again and again and again, daily basis, God, I am less, you are more. That is it. I have made myself weak day in, day out. I've made myself nothing day in, day out. I've died to myself day in, day out for then God's power to be upon me so that when the girl needs somebody to deliver of a demon, I'm there. Are you believing me yet? Okay, do you want, you, want a, you want the Bible, right? You want the Bible to help you, just so that it's not Liam. Let's, let's talk about the Bible. Uh, I'm going to read from Jonah, okay? Book of Jonah, chapter 3, uh, verse 1 to 10. If you have your Bible, get it out. If not, take a brain break, take a breath. Look at the person next to you, shake. Do whatever you need to do to keep focused. Did we get it up or we, did we not get it in time? Hey, well, guys, you're doing so great. I've thrown so much on you today. Appreciate it. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, because the first time he disobeyed and jumped out of a boat and then got eaten by a fish, if you remember the story. Casual day for a man of the Lord. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, but I'll also tell you right now, that awful city. 120,000 people, barbaric in nature, would kill and slaughter children and had all kinds of sacrifices and rituals to the gods of of their people. And call out against them. So don't even go and be encouraging. Call out against them the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. 
Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey in, and then he called out. Remember the barbaric nation that killed people for fun? He stands up in the middle of the town center and declares this. Yet, 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Eight words. Mark it. There were eight words that he spoke. And the people of Nineveh believed God. Hang on. Was that right? And the people of Nineveh believed God. Hang on. That, that surely can't be right because they're a nation that killed people for fun. And he preached only eight words. And they believed God. In fact, not only that, but they called for a fast and they put on sackcloth. And from the greatest of them to the least of them, including the king, the word reached the king of Nineveh. And he rose from his throne, removed his robe, which is completely uh, extravagant anyway for a king to do that in that time. It's showing that he is not in power anymore. And actually he doesn't rule anymore. Covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Okay, and he issued a proclamation and published it through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and of his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink of water, but let man and beast be covered in sackcloth and let, let them call out to the almighty God. They had a fast that was so extreme that the animals and your pets had to partake. And not only did they not eat food, but they didn't drink water because they were desperate for the Lord to heal them. And at the end, when God saw what they did, how they turned from evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Please hear me on this. Jonah brought revival to a nation. 120,000 people turned around in a matter of days, and the king heard the preach of God from eight words. Do not tell me short-term mission trips do not work when I read the book of Jonah. He, he could have only spent a few days doing that, and he was only there for 40 days. They, they turned a nation around in less than 40 days, and by eight words, Dad, eight words, eight, and a nation changed. Not only eight words, but eight words from, to be honest, a guy that was not really a good believer. Like I just, I'm trying to be nice about him. In fact, he, he, he disobeyed God so often. He came from really bad pedigree. He, he wasn't someone special. And then God called him out and said, I want you to go to Nineveh for me. And the first time, he didn't want to go to Nineveh so much that he ran away from God. And the reason he didn't want to go is not because he was scared. The reason he didn't want to go is because he hated them. He's actually racist. I don't want to go and speak to that race. I don't want them to know the favor of God that I have. That's why he tells you later in Jonah 4. And not only that, but then he says, God, I disobey you so much. I, I don't want to obey you so much that I run completely in the other direction. And not only that, but when they find out that Jonah's on the boat and all the bad things are happening to the boat because of Jonah, Jonah actually says, you know what, just throw me off the boat, I'll die here. He would rather die than disobey God. Now, we joke, but let's be honest, there's a little bit of Jonah in all of us. How extreme do we go to just to make sure we didn't hear what God said to us? Sorry, God, didn't hear you. Get baptized. Sorry, what? Didn't hear you. Give you money. Sorry? Uh, I, I've, got to, I've got to keep it. The extremes we go to and the justification we come up with. Oh, the, thi- the reason why I can't obey God right now 
And there's always a reason. We've all got a bit of Jonah. You, you know this. You're humble enough to admit that? I've, we've all got a bit of Jonah. But this guy, and not only, he, God then put him in a fish. I just love that. God's like, oh, you're just annoying me. I'm just going to get a whale to eat you or whatever it was. And then I'm going to drop you at the nation. You are going to do the job I told you to do. And then what's even interesting, after it happens, Jonah walks out of the nation, sits under a tree and says, God, I just can't bother it anymore. He says, please, I'm just done. I'm done. I want some comfort. So God gives him a flower to keep the shade. And he doesn't even look after the flower. This guy is lazy. This guy is lazy. He's entitled. He's stroppy. He's arrogant. He disobeys God. Am I talking, anybody else relate a little bit more to Jonah? I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I've been there. But he's the guy that said eight words and revival hit a nation. I'm beginning to think it's not about me. I'm beginning to think that no matter what I'm like, God still wants to move, he's going to move. I'm beginning to think, actually, all I have to do is just be where God wants me to be. That's it. That's all I really have to do. And even if I don't want to do that, he'll just get someone to eat me and take me. I'm starting to think it's not a move of man. It's a move of God. It's not done by our strength or our digging in deep or whatever. It's none of that. It's actually just saying, God, please move. Do you believe me yet? Okay, one more try. There's Jonah. But let me bring up Isaiah. Because Isaiah is the opposite to Jonah. Maybe some of you are more Isaiahs in the room. I don't know. You can identify as you like, Jamie. And uh, Isaiah is a humble man. Isaiah comes from good pedigree. He comes from good stock. He's supposed to be a man of God. And actually, when he has a vision from God, he doesn't say, he doesn't wait for God to give him command. He's like, God, I'm here. Please use me. And he's like, God, I'm so sinful to be in your presence. God, I'm going to humble myself. This guy is a man of God. And not only that, but actually the the book of Isaiah has around 25,000 words. The book of Jonah has 1,800. And most of the book of Isaiah is him prophesying. So he really went to town. Prophesying, prophesying. He's like just going for it. I'm just going to make it happen. I'm going for it. This is the man surely the revival should come for. But if you read Isaiah 6, which we will be doing in August, we're going to study it together, Isaiah 6. If you read it, it's fascinating. Because God gives him this call. After he says, here I am, send me. And then his call is basically this. You're going to preach, Isaiah, and every time you preach, they're going to get harder and further away from me. I'm sorry, what? Uh, If I was Isaiah, I'd be like, "Um, well, Jonah, uh, he hasn't put anywhere near the same amount of effort that I have, and he's leading a revival. Don't think that's fair, the Lord. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever been the person you study really hard for an exam? You really put in the hours and the time, but then there's that person who went to a party the night before and then they wake up and they just ace it and you're like, are you kidding me? Have you ever, did you hear that, have you heard the fact about Usain Bolt when he won the gold medal in the 100, Olymp- 100 meter Olymp- Olympics sprint, saying a lot of words really fast? Apparently, the story goes that he woke up on the morning late and he ate a box of McDonald's chicken nuggets, went to the track, ran and won. Now, if I was the other runner, I'd be like, are you kidding me? I've been up since five, preparing myself mentally. I've meditated. I've eaten the right diet. I'm now here at the track. I've done all my rituals and my superstitions to make sure I win. And he turns up after eating McNuggets. 
Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been the older brother before? You're the one working the land and the younger brother's out spending all the money, doing all the bad things, and he comes home and he gets the pie. Are you kidding me? It happens in the Christian world all the time. I've been diligently serving the Lord all my life. Someone gets saved in a prison after committing all kinds of crimes. They come out, lead a revival, and they've now got a stadium. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Lord? Isaiah had it all. I'd been so annoyed at him. In fact, I don't even need to go into Daniel. He got eaten by lions, you know, nearly eaten by lions. Imagine that. I'd be like, God, are you kidding me? Jonah over there has done so many bad things, and I'm about to be thrown into lions. Then Jeremiah, Jeremiah had it rough. He had to suffer physically so much and had to be alone for so much. And none of them saw the fruit that Jonah saw. It's because it's not about us. What God wants to do, God will do. If you want to be a part of it, if you want to get involved in it, Joshua 3.5, consecrate yourself, set yourself apart, make yourself weaker, because tomorrow God will do amazing things amongst you, Joshua 3.5. If you want to be a part of it, separate yourself from yourself and get down on your knees and say, God, I'm weak, I need you to be my strength. And even then, if you don't see the result that you think you should see, it does not matter. And you might say, well, it's not fair. You're right, it's not fair. We should be in hell. I shouldn't be able to know the presence of the Lord. I shouldn't be able to converse with him. I shouldn't be able to worship him. Are you kidding me? Have you seen me? Have you know what's going on in my mind? I should be just driven away from God. So you're right, it's not fair, but it's not fair on the other side. God has done more than enough. Not only has he shown me mercy, but he's given me grace. He's not only let me off for the bad things I've done, but he's actually given me the power then to do good. You've got to become weak. Church, please. And I know you might be thinking, I don't know what you're thinking, but maybe you're thinking, I'm younger, maybe I'm a bit more naive, and maybe I haven't been through things of life that you have been through. Please, stop trying to control your life. Please stop making Jesus an add-on to your life. It does not work. If you're wondering why Christianity is not working for you, I'll tell you why. Christ is not in the center. Do you know when they put the, um, the Ark of the Covenant? They put it in the center of Israel. Not at the edge. Not at part. Center. For then the glory of God to bless Israel. God must be placed at the center of your life. Everything else revolves around him. Everything, your Sunday schedule, your daily schedule, your money, your words, your thoughts, all center around Jesus. That's the place we've got to get to, church. If we really want to see a move of God, and I don't know about you, but I just don't want to just do another church. I don't, I don't want to just have a nice place that some Christians come and hang out on a Sunday. I genuinely want to see stains transformed, and I want it to flow into Europe. And I want you guys to be on the planes. I want you guys to be preaching at the conferences. I want you guys to be delivering girls of demons. That's what I want for you. I want you to know the freedom of God. I'm not saying you won't go through hard things. Jesus still went through the storm. But he took a nap while he was going through it. Because he said, I'm weak. I can't control the storm anyway. So I'm just going to be patient and wait for God to command it. That's what we need to be. Please, stop trying to make your kids the way that you think they should be. Just keep loving them and pray for them. Stop trying to get your work to align to the vision that you have for it. Ask God to move upon it. You need a house? Ask the Lord. 
Stop trying to dig in deep and save every single penny. Yes, you need to be stewarding with your money. I'm not trying to say any of that, but please get the Lord involved. You're trying to, you're trying to lose weight? Get the Lord involved. You're trying to make your body healthy? You think God doesn't care about that? Of course he cares about that. He knows every hair on your head. Get him involved. But become weak. Say, God, you know what? I'm just going to give my time and my effort to you. I'm going to lay down before you so you can use me. God can use Jonah. He can use us. If God can use one man, eight words, to change 120,000, maybe he can use this group here to change the TW postcode. Maybe even the continent of Europe. Amen? Lord Jesus, I bless these people. Please, Lord, help them to let go of their life. Help me to let go of my life. Help me to stand in the grace of the Lord, not in my own strength and ability. Don't let arrogance arise within us to say, well, I got myself this far. No, we didn't. Because actually, we wouldn't be able to breathe without the, the permission of the Lord. Because he, he breathed breath into us. So the very breath you just taken was a gift from the Lord. So don't get arrogant thinking, well, you made your way here. You did your time. You worked hard. Only by the grace of God do we stand. I fully believe that. Every pound that you have in your bank account belongs to the Lord anyway. I know that's really challenging for some people to hear. But it's true. And I pray for you that you would get really good at boasting in your weakness. I pray you'd get really good at acknowledging where you fail. I pray you'd be very self-aware of where you are not worthy. Because in that place is then when God can show up and move on your behalf. In the place where you put down whatever it is that you have and say, God, I cannot do this. Then God can come pick it up for you. Bless them with a knowledge of their weakness. And I pray less of us, more of you, Lord.